Good morning. How's everybody doing? Good, good. The sun came up this morning for our Nebraska fans, right? Yeah. Big oh, go big red. Yeah. That, was, that, that hurt. That hurt. But you know, uh, the sun is going to come up on Wednesday morning too, right? Uh, because regardless of uh, the outcome, God is absolutely in control. He is sovereign. And, uh, and you know, there's been a lot of emphasis on praying for our nation, which we should have been doing anyway, right? Uh, it, we are, as believers, we have a responsibility and an accountability to pray for those who are in positions of authority. And whether or not we've been doing a good job about that, that's an individual and personal uh, uh, examination. But, uh, but for sure, for sure, going forward, we individually and collectively as a nation, we must earnestly and fervently pray for those people who are in positions of authority that God would use them. And sometimes throughout history, God can use a person who we may look at on the outside as disqualified or someone who, who, who you know, if God could use Xerxes, if he could use uh, uh, any of these ancient uh, leaders and put them in a Darius, put them in a position of authority, God can do it. And he will do it. Amen. And so we need to pray. And, you know, uh, again, Wednesday morning, the sun will rise. It's going to come up, you know, and uh, we got We just got to be about God's business. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so as we continue on our journey, my body, his body, that was a great video. Uh, Gil and uh, Almeida. It was a it was. A, so listen, you know, um, when you see these sorts of inspirational videos, uh, prayerfully, you know, uh, We'll, we'll get on board and we'll go, yeah, okay. And, and, and I'm going to kind of talk about that this morning. So if you will turn your Bibles to the, the, the letter to the, the Romans, the 12th chapter, verses 1 and 2. And, of course, as always, we have it up on the screen. Uh, uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2. And it reads, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And that word changing or transform rather means metamorphosis, as we talk about a caterpillar going to a butterfly. Amen. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And let's uh, flip back to uh, John, the book of John, verses uh, uh, ninth chapter, verses one and verses one through three. One through three. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or sin or his parents sins? And Jesus replied, it was not because of his sins or his parents sins. Jesus answered, this happened so the power of God could be seen in him. Let's pray. Oh, God, our Father, we thank you for this is the day that you have made, and we are rejoicing and we're glad in it. Lord, we just ask for your wisdom. Uh, we ask for your direction. We pray, God, that your will be done in us and through us this morning. And, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. 
Amen. Real quickly, I would like to acknowledge all of our veterans this Friday. It's Veterans Day. So if you are a veteran of the Army, Air Force, Navy, Marines, Coast Guard, active duty, reserve, guard, would you please stand up so we can salute you? <laughs> Woo! 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 Amen. Thank you. Thank you. As a 20-year Air Force veteran, I say thank you. Uh, uh, it was the best experience of my life, even though I complained a lot during that time, which we all did. Don't let anybody fool you. When you're deployed to certain places, everybody's complaining. And, uh, and uh, you know, you have these tall tales. But uh, thank God for it because uh, the Air Force has done a wonderful uh, thing in my life. I met my wife uh, in the Air Force. And, uh, you know, Chicago, uh, for you Cubs fans, let me just, you know, congratulations. Um, only two good things come out of Chicago, my wife and Garrett's popcorn. Everything else. So, my body, his body. Uh, we are tripart beings. We have a body, soul, and spirit. Uh, our body, which allows us, gives us access to earth. And within our bodies, we have a soul, which is the seat of our emotions, our will, reasoning, decision-making, and intellect. And we have a spirit, and which allows us to interact, communicate, and fellowship with God. I want to take a few moments to just talk about the soul man real quickly, because sometimes that soul man can mimic spiritual things. And throughout history, there have been people who have done some wonderful things. They have uh, built wells. They have um, dug wells, rather, built buildings. They have um, provided shelter. They fed the hungry. They've done uh, crusaded noble causes, uh, even started churches and participated in various ministry activities. Uh, but the, but the, the thing about it is God wasn't always leading it. You know, and so uh, today, you know, you have a lot of charitable people. We have a society that's always talking about doing good. But let me just tell you, just because something is good doesn't mean it's God. And that's why we have to be led by the spirit of God, not by good deeds, not by our emotions or popular culture, but by the spirit. As again, uh, again, as you look out through history, example I like to use is when David was transporting the Ark of the Covenant. The Philistines had it. David said, ah, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to build this great ark, I'm gonna this, 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 uh, this cart, and I'm going to get some oxen that's never pulled anything. And we're going to go down there. We're going to get this, the Ark of the Covenant, and we're going to bring it back to its proper place. And so uh, David had this big festive celebration. It was a good thing, right? The Ark of the Covenant, it needs to be in its proper place. And so they, you know, they did this, and as they were, you know, going down the road and everybody was celebrating, the, the, the oxen kind of stumbled and the ark tilted. And what happened? Uzziah put his hand to stop it from falling over and God struck him dead because God said, don't nobody put your hands on the ark. It was a good thing, but it wasn't God's way of doing it. And then David was upset. And then somebody must have pulled him aside and said, hey, brah. I believe God told Moses it should only be carried by Levites on their shoulders. Why didn't somebody tell David that sooner? The mob mentality. Somebody come up with a, good, with a good idea and everybody just goes along with it. Well, David, then he did it right. So my point is, is that sometimes because something is a good thing doesn't necessarily mean it's a God thing. All right. Last week, Pastor Walt uh, focused Get went in a different direction. You know, he talked to our singles about honoring God uh, uh, through through worship. If your body's through worship, and last Sunday night he had a panel discussion with the singles. Were any singles there? Amen. That's why you can play. Yeah, amen. 
Amen. Good. Right. I'm sure it was fulfilling and informative. You had a good time. Yes. Right. We need to have more of those types of panel discussions. We have to. It may be uncomfortable. <coughs> it may be it may be unfamiliar, but it's, it's absolutely ne- uh, necessary because this is the place where we have to talk about sex and sexuality and what the God. What does God say about these things? And, you know, and, and you know, you know, somebody's always going to complain. I, why, why are they talking about that? Because this is the place to talk about it. And, and, and what better way to talk about life and filter through God's word than in the church? And I say this many times. Thank God for our pastoral staff. You know, Pastor Walt and Pastor Mark and Pastor Chris and Pastor Jason, Pastor Raphael and Pastor Drew and Mickey and Pam and Pastor Isaiah. You know, they have they, they have a tough job because they are they are leading and they're living and they are they're You know, you can see them and their kids and, and, and you know, and so that they're vulnerable. And, and so instead of I've said this many times, instead of complaining, pray for them. They're not perfect. This is not a perfect place. It what the moment it stopped being a perfect place is when you showed up. <laughs> we were good until you came in. <laughs> It's like, oh, man, oh, why they had to show up? No, we all got flaws and faults and stuff, skeletons, you know, dinosaur bones in the closet. And for my uh, uh, internationals who are being translated, I'll talk to you later about that because that may not translate too well. Um, So uh, today I want to focus on a few areas concerning my body, his body. First and foremost, our bodies belong to him. Amen. We may have fooled ourselves as a culture into believing that we are independent of our creator, but the Bible is absolutely clear. In the beginning, God. Right? Belongs to him. Number two, Psalms 24 states, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and they that dwell therein. Right? Everything belongs to God. I've said this before and I'll say it again. Apple, Google, uh, Internet, uh, money, finances, Berkshire Hathaway, Ford, Chrysler, Plymouth, all of it belongs to God. All the intellectual property belongs to God. Everything belongs. He's just allowing certain, he's given certain people gifts and talents and, and, and who they, they should use it to glorify him, but they choose not to, but they're going to have to answer for it. Right? But it belongs to him. So if all the earth belongs to him, you and I, our bodies belong to him. Number three, we live in a fallen, toxic environment. We live in a fallen world. What we eat, what we drink and breathe, as well as how we think affects us. And through these consequent, through the consequences of, of sin, then we have natural and physical death. Amen? It happens. But just because somebody uh, has a condition... Or diagnosis, it doesn't necessarily mean it's because of sin. Right? Many of us are burdened with guilt because we feel and believe that we're being punished by God because of something, some decisions that we've made in our, you know, we think that because of our children may have a sickness or disease or diagnosis or a condition, we're saying, oh man, I messed up and God is getting me back. You know, we're burdened with our past. And and, and while that could be true, I'm here to tell you that very well may not be true. Yes, 
Of course, absolutely, smoking and drinking and drugs have caused many chronic conditions. However, many people who have chronic conditions have never smoked, drank, or did drugs. We are fallen beings, thanks to Father Adam, right? We have issues. We have, you know, some people have tooth decay, you know. Um, some people have, you know, knee issues and all, you know. It, we, it, from the dust we came into the dust we shall return, right? Uh, and so, again... Uh, because we are uh, 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 fallen, we live in a fallen world, our bodies are susceptible to aging. You know, I like watching the Turner Classic Movie Channel. And you see these actors back in the 40s, man, they were young and vibrant, you know, and now you see them. And, you know, and, and that's, you know, by God's grace, that's, that's, it happens, right? So, again, let's read John 9, 1 through 3 real quick one more time. It says, Jesus is walking along. He saw a man who had been been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Again, in that culture, they assumed that because of a condition, this person must have sinned. Job's friends said, Job, brother, you had to have done something wrong. You had to. God just don't, you know, you had, you got some, you got some stuff in your life. So, and, and again, in that culture, because they thought, well, if you got money, you got God's favor. That's always the case. Right? And just, and, and, and if you didn't have money, God, you know, God's curse was upon you. That's not always the case. Jesus said, he said, it was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. God wants to demonstrate. He wants to show himself in the middle of our conditions. He wants to prove that he is God. Amen. It's not my desire or my place to burden you with, from, uh, with the guilt of your past. Satan does a good enough job of that. My desire is to, by the power of the Holy Spirit and the word of God, is to encourage and educate you to focus on the power of God rather than the guilt of your past. And to put the attention and the splendor on the beauty of God versus our condition. We have to use caution while acknowledging that we may have a condition. We can't put we can't let the condition be the focal point. We can't get to a place where we're worshiping the condition. We have to allow God to be the focal point. Years ago, when I was in the Air Force, I developed something called cluster headaches. And, and for hours, sometimes from 20 minutes to two, three, four, five hours, I'd have these excruciating headaches and they would debilitate me. And I would, I would rebuke the devil and I would rebuke the devil and I would rebuke the devil and I would rebuke the devil for two, three, four hours. And one day God said, why don't you worship me instead of focusing on him? Worship and praise me for two, three hours and, and, and see where that gets you. Well, by God's grace, he healed me of it. And I never had a cluster headache ever since. Now, listen, it's got to, to God's glory. Some people, you still have a birth, something maybe going on. But my point is, is that don't focus on a condition. Focus on God. So we all have a physical body, right? And we all, we are to be good stewards of the body God has given us. Why? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because it don't belong to you. <laughs> it's just that simple. You know, sometimes your, your parents, you know, you, you would ask your parents a question and your parents would just say, no. Well, why? Because I said so. 
right? Because God says so. It don't belong to you. We are renters. We are not owners. And we, are have, we have to give an account, right? And so we are all called to ministry. Some of us are homemakers, bakers, teachers, preachers. And we have to be able to minister to whatever capacity God has called us to. And it could be a challenge to do what God has called us to do if we are physically unable to do it. So some of you have been called to the mission field to go in, in, into a foreign country. You know, you may have to walk many, many, many miles. You may be at high altitudes. You may, and, and, you know, if you're not in physical shape, you, it's very difficult to be called to the, ministry, to, to the mission field. Not impossible, but it's a great challenge. You know, my daughter, who is 13 years old, you know, we will park in the parking lot, and I'll be like, okay, we're going to walk to the church. Oh, man, I'm tired. Do we have to? I'm like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> you know, when I was young, we walked everywhere. Why? Because we didn't have a car. <laughs> we walked, man, I mean, for miles. You, I mean, it was like, uh, it was hot, cold, snow, whatever. You know, you, you had to walk, Jack. And it, 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 that was just it. You know? And, you know, you, you had a bike. You rode the bike. No helmet. Right? <laughs> You drank water from out the water fountain, right? Uh, you played you play, you play catch with a rock instead of a ball, you know? <laughs> you ran through the house with the pencil. <laughs> and then my mother would say, hey, don't you bleed on my floor. <laughs> Boom, you get, oh, my God. Hey, oh, let's get some iodine, some mercuricomb, and put that on there. Okay, get out the house. Be 90 degrees outside. Get out the house. So anyway, we have to be good stewards of this body because we're called to ministry. First of all, I'd like to point out that our bodies were created to be challenged, to move, to respond to tension, to hard work, right? You can't go to the gym and just kind of go... No, you got it. You see people, athletes, they're like, man, they're pushing themselves, right? Our body responds to it, right? Remember that saying, you are what you eat? Well, there's much truth to that. There's a reason why, you know, I like to point out, there's a reason why God has classified certain animals and certain things as unclean. And, the, and, and I would challenge you to research and understand that. And even though we're not under the law, it's still good to understand those practices and maybe even adopt some of those practices, Okay, and the reason why God and I'll just briefly I'll talk about that. The reason why is because remember, as forming a new nation coming out of Egypt, God had to transport several million people from point A to point B. And when you have people in close proximity, uh, you cannot afford to have uh, uh, unsanitary or unhealthy conditions because it could wipe out the entire nation. And so that's why God said, you know, hey, you know, you got to wash your hand. You got to wash and run in water. You know, listen, 4,000 years ago, God said that. And, 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 and today, science backs that up. Hand washing, to my, to my medical people, uh, hand washing is the number one prevention of, 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 of spreading disease. God said that thousands of years ago. And so when people kind of come, oh, the Bible, it's just full of fables and myths. Just tell them, shut up. <laughs> just shut up. 
Right? I mean, because, again, when you look at the, the, those practices, those, those health practices, it's still, uh, it's still in, in place today. And, and again, let, let something like uh, dysentery or unsanitary conditions happen in, a, 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 in, a, in a, a natural disaster. It could wipe everybody out. Many times, the natural disaster doesn't affect, it affect people that, uh, unfortunately, but what gets them is the aftermath when you have contaminated water or somebody doesn't wash their hands and they spread some sort of disease. It's the same thing with these certain unclean animals. There was a reason why certain shellfish were considered unclean because they were scavengers you are what you eat now i'm from maryland from baltimore i love blue crabs thank god for being under grace because <laughs> i will eat a crab cake <laughs> so my point is is that remember you know we are what we eat as I mentioned earlier, we live in a toxic environment, and many times what we're eating and drinking can and does contribute to uh, eventual health complications. Processed food. Woo. Unnatural byproducts. Woo. Sugar. Woo. Fructose. Woo. You can't look. When you go, look at ketchup, right? Read about, look, read the label on tomato ketchup. What's in sugar, fructose, high fructose, corn syrup? Man, it's, it's, it's messing us up. It is absolutely messing us up. When you read those things, unbiblical farming, God had a way of, of saying, hey, this is how you need to give the land rest. Right. You, and so what we've done, we've introduced unbiblical ways of farming, of raising and slaughtering animals. And of that big one, lack of exercise. Now, listen, just uh, just want to say this. I'm not condoning. Uh, I'm just saying even some frown on alcohol, but consume things that are in some instances more harmful. Right? I'm, again, I'm, I'm, I'm just, if you got a problem, talk to Pastor Raphael. <laughs> right. Uh, I don't like that brother, what he said about that. <laughs> But what I'm saying is, is that read some of these labels, research which, what we are consuming. And, and you know, I, I had a, you know, years ago, a fellowship with a, with a couple of brothers and, and it was uh, some rum cake. And, and they, oh, I, don't, I don't eat that, man, alcohol in it. You know? I said, well, you know, technically when you put, if you put rum in there, it burns it off when you bake it. I don't eat that. But then it goes, proceeds to order two slabs of ribs and then washes it down with a Diet Coke. Hi, right, bro. Go ahead. <laughs> so, uh, just as we uh, may have com we are we have compromised what we eat that affects our bodies, we have dangerously exposed uh, what we consume mentally. We are what we eat, and we are what we think. Proverbs twenty three seven a in the King James it says, "For as." For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Our minds and bodies were designed to work together. Modern science has proven that there is a correlation between what we think and how those things, how those thoughts affect our bodies. Think about it. Stress. Stress. Anger. Sadness. Grief. Fear. All are God-given emotions. But if, if not 
properly applied or directed can cause many health issues. Now, listen, I'm not a doctor. I just play one on television. <laughs> but I believe that, that there's, there's, there's a lot of truth in that, right? That many of us, because of stress or because of, uh, of issues or con- emotional issues, it causes some of us to eat a certain way. And it causes us to, to, to be very um, unhealthy in our decision-making. And, and, and I believe God wants to heal us from that. Amen? He wants to heal us from that. There are times when we need help. There are times when we need help. I believe God is in the absolute healing business. I believe in divine healing, and the Bible absolutely supports divine healing. And to my brothers and sisters who believe that divine healing ceased with the death of the, of the last apostles, I respect, uh, respectfully disagree with you. I believe God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that there are many people at this very moment who are being healed physically in the name of Jesus. And God is not limited to any method of healing. He can choose to use medicine and treatment methods, counseling, just as well as laying on of hands. Either way, he chooses or not to. It's not a knock on one's faith. And please don't let anybody put that guilt trip on you. If you have a diagnosis or whatever and you choose to use uh, conventional methods, you know, then that's between you and the Lord. It's not my place or anyone's place to say, well, why did you do? No, trust God. Trust God. Amen. He can use whatever means he desires to. Amen. Equally important uh, to the physical healing. I like to talk a little bit about about those important things, that, that, that those, those inward, those unseen uh, places that many of us, you know, um, some here today are experiencing those wounds from the pain of your past. And, and you may not have a physical limp, but, but you have an emotional limp. Some of us today are, are wounded uh, emotionally, psychologically. We've been wounded for whatever reasons, however, that's not, that's not the important part. But, you know, you may look okay, you may get around, you may be in excellent physical health, but emotionally, you are struggling. Today is your day. I believe Jesus is ready, willing, and able to heal, to deliver, and set free. I've said this many times. I believe uh, that, that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I believe God is able and willing to go into our yesterdays to heal, deliver, and set free and bring us to today so that we can, get, so we can enter into our tomorrows. I believe that some of us, if we, if, if we can just allow him to heal our past, man, we can, he, he'll take us to, to some, some great places, but... We have to allow him, and it requires us uh, to be vulnerable, to be, to be intimate, to say, hey, when I was 12, when I was 9, when I was 11, when I was whatever, my, my previous, wherever it is, allow God access into that place and let him heal and deliver you. Amen? To my sisters, as I tell you, as I want to tell you, as I've told my wife and my daughters, I tell them that all the time. You know, you got to love yourself. No matter what size you are. Love you. You Listen, I don't care what modern society or pop culture says. It's all garbage. It's garbage. Because that doesn't define you. 
that your size does not define you. We live in a pressure filled culture that puts so much emphasis on external looks and beauty. And, you know, they even have a, a term for it called body shaming. And yet we live in a, 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 a culture uh, and, and they celebrate unethical and, and unbiblical lifestyles. I think it's just strange. And, and, and listen, by all means, I want you to, you know, hey, be cute. Do, you know, take care of yourself. Eat, you know, do all those things. Right. But but I want you to really take care of yourself, eat properly and most importantly, feed your inner being with wholesome spirit filled edification. And you have to get to a place you have to understand that you are uh, one fearfully and wonderfully made and that, you know, um, and so you have to take care of yourself. And again, you are not what your what, what your external says you are. Love yourself. Take care of yourself. Right. And don't. Follow what this culture is, as we read in Romans 12. It says, don't, don't do what this culture says. Let God transform you. Amen? Let God not only transform you, but let him heal you. Amen? Because no matter how much your husband or your dad or your brother or your loved ones tell you, you got to get to a place where you go, you know what, I'm okay. I'm all right. I'm good. Amen? Amen. Brothers, we have to understand that our mothers, sisters, and daughters and wives are faced with unique health concerns. You know, um, sometimes their bodies respond to stress totally different. You know, that's why God let them have babies, not us. Somebody say, amen. <laughs> that's the truth. Amen. And we have to be sensitive to that. We have to understand that. It, it, you know, you have to understand that, it, sisters, also, get your checkups, please. You know, five years ago, my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer. Amen. By God's grace, she's, she, she's cancer-free. But it was all detected. Thank God. Amen. But it was a routine uh, mammogram. Go. Get, get your, do, do, do what you need to do. Take care of yourself, please. I know some of you are so worried about your husband and kids that you don't take care of yourself. Brothers, you got to stop that. Give, give your wives a break. Let babysit the kids sometime. Let them go out, scrape up some money. Let them go get their nails done. You know, let them do, let, let, make sure that they get, make sure, hey, that's right. Hey, how about this? I've done it. I, I, I went and got uh, my, my feet, what they call that stuff when you get your, Pedicure. I went with my wife and my daughters. We all sat up there together. And, but my point is, uh, we got to make sure that our sisters are taking care of themselves. Amen? As I'm about to conclude, and, and this is, I want to say that one thing I want you to understand is that our bodies wants to do its own thing. Pleasure, leisure, consumption behavior, thoughts. The Bible calls it rebellion. I want what I want, and I want it my way, and I want it right now. Am I, can I get a witness? Right? If you could eat chocolate and ice cream all day long, you, most of us would do it. Pizza, all that stuff. Right? But not only that, but if, 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 if unchecked and undisciplined we are likely to do and say whatever our body wants to do. 
outside of Christ, man, we are monsters. We are absolute monsters. And, you know, we want to blame the church for the condition of society. We want to say, well, you know, if the church was doing a better job, people, you know, that's why we're in a condition. And I beg to differ. And this is why. Because throughout history, man has always wanted to do his own thing from the time of Adam in the garden to today. No matter how much God has pleaded, sent his, sent his prophets, sent, uh, sent his son to plead with man, to, uh, to get it right, to repent, to come to repentance. Man has his way of saying, no, I'm going to do my own thing. You see, prior to me coming to salvation, I had people talking to me about Jesus. And I said, no, I'm going to do my own thing. And today, I understand it's easy to say, well, the church is not doing this and the church is not doing that. But again, I respectfully disagree. Because what it is, is that you have to understand human nature. According to, uh, according to Romans, that the carnal mind is enmity against God. And that no matter what. People, when given the choice, most of the time will choose to go against God's will. And we live in a society that says, you know what? I'm my own God. I want to do my own thing. I want to ride my motorcycle without a helmet because it's my right, dummy. (laughs) I, I, I don't get that. Man, how can you get on something? And it's going like 80, 90 miles an hour. And it's just two wheels and you just going along and no helmet on because it's your right. Well, it's my freedom. I want to choose to do that. Then go right ahead, bro. I don't get it. Why? Because human nature is saying I'm my own God. And so, again, I simply say I don't blame the church because, listen, the church got the church is you and I. We have loved ones. We have, we have relatives that we have been, some of us have been pleading with, been talking to, and they're going, no. We have neighbors. We have co-workers that we've been pleading with, and they're going, no. I don't believe in all that. So my point is, is that, again, we live in a society that wants to do its own thing. The point I want to point out, the thing I, as I conclude again, I say, Proverbs 25 and 28, as we're talking about my body, his body. A person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. We have to have self-control. Amen. Titus 2 and 2. Teach the older men to exercise that word again, self-control. To be worthy of respect and to live wisely. They must have sound faith and be filled with love and patience. In 1 Corinthians 9, 22-27, don't you realize that in a race everyone, win, everyone, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an internal prize. So I run with purpose every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training to do what it should do. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. 
Self-discipline requires an honest look at your strengths and weaknesses with an emphasis on the latter. It means it means building the way to say no when a powerful appetite inside of you screams yes. Self-discipline is a long study course in learning attitudes that do not come naturally. And challenging, channeling natural appetites towards God's purposes. Self-discipline. Now listen, uh, as, I, as, as, as I just give you a couple of points I, w- I want us to stick to again. Some of us here today, as we're standing all over the building and, and we're ready to go home. Um, listen. If you are standing, we're standing. We're, I say arise. Um, I want to again emphasize. Don't let the guilt of your past or your condition or diagnosis burden you. God wants to show himself strong in your condition. Amen. If you are here today and you have that that emotional limp that I talked about, God wants to heal you today. If you are here today and you want to be healed, then the prayer team is going to come down in one second and we're going to pray with you. And we're going to believe God for divine healing. Right. I really believe that God wants to heal many of us from our past. Right. He wants to heal us from guilt. He wants to heal us so that we can do what he has called us to do. Let's be good stewards and use wisdom in what we eat and how we live. Let's exercise, walk, move, and challenge our bodies. Be emotionally sound. Seek counsel if you need it. Make sure that you're in a small group. It does require intimacy. But you know, um, but if you are in a small group, you know, you can you can you can gain strength and encouragement from your brothers and sisters. Amen. I mean, just as we need to use wisdom for our natural bodies, that same must be said for our inner soul and spirit bodies. Believe God for your healing and be okay with with whatever methods that he decides to use. God wants his power to be seen in us. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. Thank you that um, you hear us. And today, there's some of us today, Lord, that we're going to step out in faith and we're going to believe for divine healing. Divine healing for my emotions. Divine healing for that inward limp. Divine healing for my physical body. Divine healing, Lord God, so that I can be free from my past so that I can do what you've called me to do. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you're here today, prayer team, you're coming down. If you're here today and you want prayer, Please don't let this opportunity pass you by. God is here today. He wants to meet you right where you are. Let's get healed. Let's get delivered. Let's be set free. Amen. Amen. God bless you.